to Identity Church Sunday Morning Message, where sonship is revealed. Stay tuned at the end of this message to receive more information about resources available through Identity Church. Now grab your Bible, sit back, and enjoy a message from Identity Church that is already in progress. The message I'm going to preach this morning, I preached in New York. Anthony Andalino goes, man, why don't you preach that at our church? And I was like, yeah, our church ain't ready for this. That was offensive to myself. But I realized, yeah, the righteous are not easily offended. Uh, I, I'm, 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 I really believe in the next three messages on identity, I'm going to unpack something that it's serious. Um, today's message is true identity produces power to kill or give life. Um, I've been carrying some of this revelation for almost five years. I've, I've leaked some of it from the pulpit. But the beginning of the year, I asked the Lord if my New York, Western New York calling was over with. I didn't feel it anymore. But I could wake up in the middle of the night and hear what he told me 26 years ago as Western New York goes, so goes America. And my calling for America has not changed, so something had to give. When he told me to go and work, when I worked in the land, I had to get a fresh vision for my purpose. And so I went and worked. You know, I had Ryan Bastris was supposed to be preaching last weekend here. And when that opportunity to go to New York happened, and I hadn't, because of my shoulder surgery, spent the time to work there, I felt like I was not going to preach. So I paid Ryan's expenses. Instead of coming here, he went to New York and preached. It was, he preached, and he preached in my spot at this conference. Meanwhile, I had gone a few days ahead of the conference and, and worked, heard the land cry out, was hearing God, building relationships with some ministry friends of mine. I, I stayed at their house and, and just hearing the heartbeat of God and hearing the land cry out, the innocent blood, those that are in captivity, kind of messed me up. And then situation where the speakers happened and a spot opened up on Saturday night and they asked me to preach. So I, I was going to preach in Olean at Joel and Pam's the same message that I actually preached Saturday night. And I heard the Lord say, um, keep your emotions intact. Guard your heart. But it's time to drop this. It's time to... And I released this message at a, at a regional level. And if you recall, when I had the revelation of the baptism of innocence, and I first time I preached it, um, I went to the prophet's house, and his dog bit me. I mean, bit me. Bleeding bit me. And I heard the Lord say, don't overreact. Keep your emotions intact. It's not a big deal. Really? He says, I'm in this. I'm like, you're in this dog bite. 
And uh, it, it was alarming that, that I thought Dave was going to kill his dog for biting me. But, but when I laid in bed that night, I said, okay, you said you're in this dog bite? He goes, yeah. He says, anytime you are going to release the level of the goodness of my gospel, the religious dogs are going to bite you. If you don't have your emotions intact, you will respond in an incorrect manner and never win them. And so when he said to me to preach this message and to drop it at a regional level, he says, keep your emotions intact. I'm like, oh, what the heck, another dog bite? And so I preached this message and uh, was laying hands on people and an ex-Amish in front of me, I laid hands and spoke to him. And instead of falling backwards, he falls forward and catches me right there with his teeth. And I went, wow, that hurt. And then I felt this worm stuff come out of my head. Dude, I got whacked. He, he got, I got it. Trust me, this thing was bleeding. And the Lord's going, keep your emotions intact. It's not a big deal. I'm like, I'm the bleeding. What do you mean it's not a big deal? And so I got a rag here and still laying hands on people and had to get a new rag. And I mean, it was, it was, it was bleeding. I'm like, okay, this is that caliber of a message of the goodness of the gospel. And so I went an hour to the West in Olean, New York to preach the same message. I get into the altar time. There's a commotion, and the pastor comes up. And he says, hey, we have a guy here uh, who was part of a gang and came to church this morning to kill the speaker. All right, this just got ramped up. And, and, and I was like, okay, I don't think I like preaching this good news. <laughs> Long story short, uh, pastor Joel was bold as a lion, went up to the balcony and got him and challenged him and brought him down and started asking him questions. He says, you know, are you part of the, the bloods? He goes, no, I'm friends with the bloods. And he says, well, is this a sanction hit then? Because you can't get in until you draw blood. And long story short, we led him to Christ. And uh, it was you could see his countenance change. Anthony, what was that song you sang over him? Then Anthony goes, I have a song I want to sing over you. Sing it. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, said, I got a song for you, man. Um, I was like, and he, you know, I know it's not going to make sense to you because you're not a Christian, but you know, sometimes you think Well, he just became one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I walked up to him and said, I said, you can't always get what you want, <laughs> but if you try sometimes, you just might find, get what you need, Woo! <laughs> So, needless to say that I'm, in the next three weeks, I'm going to, and I, I've, I've run this by some people that I trust, um, I believe that this is the season for the release of this anointing to the body of Christ to be who we're called to be. And so, uh, true identity produces power to kill or to give life. Um, you know, we've been on this identity series now, eight, eight weeks. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. I am in Him, He is in me, and we are in 
the Father. I mean, do you realize what is on the inside of you? Um, his history is my history. We spoke about that. Romans 8, 11. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Jesus Christ from the dead also gives life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. Dwells where? Listen, it's, it's in you. What lies behind you and what lies in front of you pales in comparison to what lies on the inside of you. But if you're in Christ, you have everything in His history is now inside of you. And I really believe that there is, there is an anointing for us to be what God called us to be. He called us to be kings and priests. After preaching this, this weekend, this message, I've, I've had several encounters with the Lord. I'm ramping it up in the next couple of weeks on what I believe God has, has given us. Your identity is key. If you don't see yourself as a winner, then you won't perform as a winner. If you don't see the Christ in you, you won't be Christ-like. Aim at heaven, and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at the earth, and you'll get neither. Maturity is proven by listening to almost anything without losing your temper or your self-confidence. So when the Lord says keep your emotions intact and you're bleeding... You keep your emotions intact, go ahead and bleed, and lay hands on people. These are just some things that I got when I wasn't going to preach. Don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but the seeds that you, that you have planted. And then ask for crop failure on the bad seeds that you know you sowed. Okay, now check this out. Perfection is not attainable. But if we choose to chase perfection within us, we will catch excellence. I preached several weeks ago when um, I was angry because of one of my employees that had got hurt by the church and I couldn't defend the actions of the church. And that's when the Lord said, I didn't ask you to defend the church or its behavior. I asked you to cover it. And that's a huge difference. And it takes relationship and commitment to cover something. At the regional level, I took some pretty good pot shots at the kingdom people. Because there is a... There's a movement that we're kingdom and we shoot at church people. And I'm going to tell you that the church is still his bride, and he's not going to allow us kingdom people to degrade, disqualify, and dishonor the bride. The problem is I am not the bride by myself, but connected to you, we are the bride. And this oneness message that God is doing is, is starting to move into that direction of oneness. When we become one in Christ, my strength is your strength, and your strength is, is what I need. You cover each other's weaknesses. I'm telling you, this oneness in Jesus Christ is now the, on the heartbeat of God. I believe in this next season that we're going to understand who we are in Christ, who Christ is in us, and that we need each other, and we're one. Ron did a pretty good job 
setting up the Jewish numbers and what he does. But we're at a new season. I believe Jesus Christ is preparing the bride for his return, but there's too many spots and wrinkles because we keep cursing each other. How many have been frustrated in this last year with your Christian walk? Good. Frustration is a tool of God to mold you in his image. Quit resisting. Our next level of maturity is we're going to go from transparency, transparency to vulnerability. Transparency lets others see your humanity. Vulnerabilities let you touch it. And when you touch it, there's a power transfer. There was a preacher from Oklahoma at this conference, and I had to see him in the spirit at first because he's a pretty good showman. He's all that in a bag of chips. And my first thing was, eh. The Lord says, look deeper. I was able to look deeper and find out he had some things I needed. So I went and asked for prayer. Little did I know that that impressed him because I didn't realize I'm a general. In his eye, he called me a general. True humility, even though you got the goods, will see the good in somebody else and need it. The thing is, it opened up his heart. The fact that I humbled myself, I saw that he had some things I needed. I wanted the impartation, him and his wife. At the end of the Q&A, that impressed him. Really? You can't have what you don't honor. But some of you can't get past the offense that someone's personality or attitude or breath, bad breath, I don't care what it is. We, we, we have an excuse not to get past whatever it is and find the gold in them, the one thing in them that you need to connect with and ask for an impartation. Some of us are not thriving because we can't get past an offense or an objection to actually get what we need from God. Exodus 3.14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. Who lives on the inside of you? Hmm. Oh. Do we act like it? I had a situation. This, this, is, this is the interesting thing. This, this pastor from Oklahoma, after I preached this and laid hands on him, and he said that he had a very similar encounter with the Lord years ago and went and actually talked to some people that I know if he was a heretic. And he said, and, and, and it came back that the body of Christ was not ready for this level of revelation of the goodness of God. And he said to me, he says, I've had that revelation, but I didn't have the experiences you had. That's why God's letting you release it. Five years ago, I was preaching uh, in New York, came home and lost a million dollar account. I was not real happy about it. It was a Thursday. I heard about it. It was a fr- all day Friday. I tried to get an appointment with a purchasing manager and 
I was told that they are moving to another company. I was angry with God because you said you told me if I would take care of your business, you'd take care of mine. I was taking care of your business and I lost it. What are you going to do about it, God? God says, what are you going to do about it? See, we keep asking God to do something he's already equipped us to do. And I said, what do you mean? He said, if you really knew who you were, you would fix it yourself. So I couldn't get a call back on Friday. Came to church Sunday. And Sunday afternoon, I drove to Jacksonville, got a hotel room, stayed up all night and argued with God. What do you mean? Why are you asking me to fix something you should be fixing? And he said, listen, when you know who you are, when your true identity of who you are comes to the place of maturity, then you can do what I'm telling you you can do. The problem is you don't believe who you are. And he took me to John 18 in the garden. You realize Jesus had to walk as a child and then get anointed by John the Baptist when, when the father said, you are my son who I'm well pleased. His identity came in as son. At that point, the anointing came on him to do the work of the ministry. But listen, now he's sitting in the garden getting ready to finish his assignment of the crucifixion to take away the sins of the world. He's at that moment that he had to know who he was. There was not a doubt that Jesus knew what his calling was and what he was about. And he's in the garden. Verse 3. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, Who do you seek? Say that. Who do you seek? Listen, until you know who you are, <laughs> nobody's seeking anything. But when we figure out, when the body of Christ figures out who lives in us, who we are, people are going to come looking for something. And we're going to have to have the, the, the guts to say, who are you seeking? When the church starts walking in its power, the church starts walking in its identity and its authority, the world's going to come and we're going to say, who are you seeking? I'm seeking Jesus of Nazareth. I am He. Do you realize when Jesus said, I am He? It says, those fell down as dead. Amen. Then he asked him again. Let me stay on track because you religious people make me read the Bible. <laughs> Whom you seek? And he says, Jesus of Nazareth. I am he. Judas who betrayed him, standing with him. Then Jesus said to them, I am he. They threw back and fell to the ground as dead. So he asked them again, again, who do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. If you seek me, let these men go. I caught something here. Jesus answered twice, I am he. The first time people fell down to the ground. So I'm, I'm in this hotel room learning this. I have a dilemma <laughs> Things were dying in my life. That Things were being taken from me. That was, I believed was demonic. Something was going on. 
So the Lord sp speaks to me. He says, look, look at Mark 14. And if you go down to 49, Kathy, Mark, Mark 14 is the same story in John, except it gives you the answer of the second time he said, I am he. Day after day, I was in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But let the scripture be fulfilled, verse 4. And they all left him and fled, and a young man followed him with nothing but a linen cloth about his body, and they seized him. But he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. All right. First, I am he, they fall down as dead. Second, I am he, something came out of the grave. A young lad that had been dead, had grave clothes on, showed up. When the body of Christ figures out who we are, and we can say, I am he, things that are in front of you that need to die will fall down dead. Things that are dead that need to live will come alive. That's the gospel. And where is it? It's in you. The same spirit of God that raised him from the dead resides in you. Does that not what it says? Where's these dead things coming from then? Why aren't they arisen? Why are these things that are mocking us not falling down as dead? Why? Because we are not exercising the authority of the identity of who God told us that we are. I am he. I had someone say to me, man, just talked to you on the phone for about an hour. Felt like I was talking to Elijah. And I said, you were. Because the wisdom I gave you didn't come from me. And what Elijah did didn't come from him either. You were talking to an Elijah. Sounds arrogant, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. Not when you know who you are. And it's time that we figure out who we are. John chapter 20. On evening of that day, the first day of the week, this is after the crucifixion, the doors locked where the disciples were there for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he said, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. When the disciples were glad that they had saw the Lord, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold Forgiveness from any, it is withheld. He went from, who do you seek? I am he. Finished the work of the cross. Breathed on his disciples and said, whosoever sins you forgive, they're forgiven. Whosoever sins you retain, they're retained. you realize we don't have a sin problem? 
We have an identity problem, and we're unwilling to speak it. Matthew 16, 24, Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whose cross? Then why do you keep dragging everybody to his cross? Because you need to hear them repent and say they were sorry? Why don't you drag them to your cross and just say you're forgiven? Now you know why the dogs bite. This is too good to be true. When the gospel is this easy, the religious will absolutely tear you apart because they can't control your works. Whosoever sins, you forgive, they'll be forgiven. Whosoever sins, you retain, they'll be retained. The body of Christ is in the condition it is because we keep retaining everybody's sin. John chapter 17, verse 20 and 24. Jesus is praying. This is before the crucifixion. I do not ask for these only. This is Jesus talking to the Father. But also for those who will believe in me through their word. That they all be one. Just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Verse 22, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them. Why do we have a glory problem? Because we don't know who we are. that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am. I see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundations of the world. Do you believe Jesus' prayers are being answered today? Listen, we better figure out the body of Christ is one. When Susie and I were going through a divorce, I met Jesus. All of this became new. God told me he's going to heal my marriage. He didn't tell her for a while. It would have helped if he had told her sooner. But that was my test, not hers. But when Susie was partaking in, in some situations, the Lord said, do you, do you believe that what she's doing is sinful? And I said, yes. And he goes, I do too, but I don't hold it against her. I hold it against you. What do you do with that? You go to Hosea chapter 4 and say, back it up in Scripture. He says, when your daughters commit whoredoms and your wives commit adultery, I will not hold it against them, because you men went whoring with other gods. That night, I said to the Lord, what, 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 what do I do? 
How, how can I? He goes, are the two one? Yeah, repent as if you were there. And I had to repent on behalf of my wife's actions because the two are one. Listen, here's, here's what's happening. This is, the, the religious dogs wanted to bite me after I said it because when I say your sins are forgiven, they, they're upset because you're not Jesus. Okay, but I got him in me. And, and here's the technicality, and I've, I've worked this out. Anthony, you'll be proud of me. I worked this out is, is, is the reason you can't catch this is because you know that you can't go against a man's will. Rodney, your sins are forgiven. I don't want to forgive him. I like what I'm doing. I can't change Rodney. There, there comes a point where the, the, the people have to have a choice of their behavior. And so their, their, their actions could be sinful. But let me tell you something. It might not be held against them because they haven't seen it as sin yet. When God said Susie, Susie had a prophet come out and prophesied to her, I'm like, dang, that made me look bad. It was bad. And he was saying, you did things to survive. This prophet tells her, you did things to survive, and God doesn't hold that against you. I'm sitting there like, yeah, but I do. Yeah, so do you, too. We're holding things against people because, huh, because we won't crawl up on our cross and tell them they're forgiven. We don't really want to be like Jesus. We want everybody else to be like Jesus. So check this out. And I believe in the next two weeks, I'm going I'm I'm to back it all up with a lot of Scripture. You, you catch the, the marriage covenant that Susie and I had, that I was able to step into my priestly role, bring the right sacrifice to God on our behalf. You catch that? The two are one. All right, well, if John 17 is true, we're one too. So we are one according to John 17 then I can pray as a priest and recover the sight to the blind that has been blinded by sin. I've started studying that sin is a blinder. Everybody, everybody agrees with it, but give me the scripture. I've been looking for them. I got some of them. Would you are participating in a lie that you bleed from the devil or a sinful behavior, you become blinded. And then it becomes a hard heart. I've got those scriptures. I'm going to deal with that in the next couple of weeks. <clears throat> so he wants to continue to sin. I can't. I, I can go in and pray and say, "Hey, your sins are forgiven." He goes, "I don't want to forgive them. I don't see it as sin." But if I, as a priest, and we're one, go into intercessions and repent for that sin. The blind, the, the, the legal blindedness that the devil has is removed. Susie had to come to a point 
with her and God that she said no more. It, I believe that my priestly role of repenting on behalf of her because the two are one removed her blindness and she saw correctly and she, her behavior followed. That's true intercession. That's truly being, he calls us to be priests and kings. You know that? What is it? First Peter. Let's go back to the Bible. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellences of him. Listen, if we start walking our priestly role, we have the high priest living in us. We're going to know how to repent on behalf of those that we're in relationship with. You realize you can't be offended of somebody that you're repenting for their action. The two won't mix. Problem is, we'd rather be offended because we have our own pride. I, be, I, believe, I believe the body of Christ is going to walk in true priestly calling. We're going to quit criticizing, bellyaching, backbiting, and actually get into our prayer closet and repent for what we see as sin, remove the legal paperwork, and let God recover the sight to the blind. Because when you can't see it, you're not accountable to it. But when you can see it, you're accountable, but you also see the goodness of the gospel. Jesus said in Luke 4.18. I had that somewhere, didn't I, Kathy? Yes. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover the sight to the blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed. Listen, I believe if my intercession will repent for your actions that is blinding you, that God will remove the, the, the devil's legal right to blind you, and you will see the truth of the matter, and you will see the goodness of God that it's already been paid for at the cross, and you will personally repent because you now see it. Instead, we get offended, and we bellyache, and we actually add word curses, and nobody can see anything. And it gets worse and worse and worse because we're unwilling to repent for the sins of others. But he breathed on them in John 20. Whosoever sins, you say are forgiven, they're forgiven. Whosoever sins that are retained, they're retained. I'm telling you, it's back in your hands. What kind of priest are you going to be? Peter 2.9, again, in 10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. Once you were not a people. Are you a people now? Are you a Christian? Do you repent for those that offend you or you bellyache? That's a good answer. Yes. 
Are you catching what I'm saying? Sin is not the problem. Jesus took care of the sins of the world, and then he breathed on us the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to remove sin or to retain sin. And I'm telling you, if the body of Christ will actually hear the land cry, hear the innocent blood cry, we can get to the root of the matter. And Holy Spirit will remove blindness and show them the goodness of the gospel. It's the goodness of God that brings a man to repentance. We're not willing to take it on our cross and repent for it, for them to see how good God is. Once you were not my people, a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Are we giving it away? Somebody quoted Job this morning. Who was that, Diana? Job went and repented for his kids and just in case they sinned. He was the priest of his family. When I finally stepped into my priestly role and brought the proper repentance and proper sacrifice to God is when I actually started walking in spiritual authority in my house. Who lives on the inside of you? Are you sure? Can you demonstrate it? Listen, we got we got to get it beyond going, oh, that felt good. And start actually being good. You need to start waking up in the morning and go, hey, I am. I am that I am. When I got this revelation in Jacksonville, I said, okay, what do I do with it? It's 4.30 in the morning. My, listen, I know that, that's a big, booming voice. I am that I am. But when I got the revelation in that hotel room, I'm like, I am and I am. That's what it sounded like. I am and I am. Am I? I was praying for this crazy lady, pink hair. She was the crazy nut lady. And I'm laying hands on everybody. I am that I am. I am that I am. And God said, no. I'm like, ooh, why? And her pastor's there. I'm like, you going to clean this up? And she goes, I is that I is. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's like, that fit her. You know, if you can't do I am, just say I is. <laughs> I is that I is. Why? Because it's what's in you. She loves me now. <laughs> but listen, th th this is the reality of where we're going. So when God said, I mean, I'm walking around a hotel room. I am that I am. God says, you are. And if you are who you are and you know who you are and, and you are 
the man of God that I told you to be, and I've given you authority. Why don't you go fix this contract? So my little I am that I am went to I am that I am. Why? I started believing I am that I am. And at 4.30 in the morning, I drove over and laid hands on that building. I had the right position if a cop came up. And that was my thought. I'm getting arrested. There is a contract sitting on his desk from another manufacturer, and it must die because I am who I am. There's another contract that he said is dead. It's mine. And it will come alive in Jesus' name. I am that I am. And I did that for about 15 minutes. When the purchasing agent showed up to go to work at 7, I was there. He's like, dude, I'm busy. I can't talk to you. I'll see you at 9.30. I'm like, all right. I'm in the parking lot. My boss calls me. She goes, we just got corporate word that we lost Jacksonville. And I was like, listen to me. We have not lost Jacksonville. It will be mine. You'll see. It's, Did you have a dream from God? I said, just mark my words. <laughs> see, when you finally figure out that I am that I am, you'll tell them what it is. Amen. And when you start telling your boss, don't worry about it, you better back it up. And I'm sitting there going, that's real bold, God. You better back this up. I am that I am. Finally get in there at 930. He goes, listen, the president of our uh, division was out in Vegas and made a deal. And I didn't like it. And I convinced him that we're staying with you. I am that I am. This has a million dollar account. I am that I am. What has been stolen from you that you keep begging Jesus to go get that you won't step up and go get? The enemy's going, I'm alive. And you're going, no, you're not. What has been dormant and dead that needed to come alive? Some of your gifts, some of your callings, they're in you. They're they're that, that young lad with grave clothes on that needs to, I am that I am. There's some things that need to die. I am that I am. And if you needed to die, die. But if you've been dead and needed to live and you should have lived, come alive. I'll receive it. I'll receive you. I am that I am. This is not heresy. This is reality of who lives on the inside of you. It is time to be a little more militant about it. We're letting people offend us and doctrinal difference stop the the process of what the the real gospel is about. (laughs) Maturity (laughs) is having a conversation, not getting mad, (laughs) just knowing who you are. Man, I had people going, I can't believe you preached that message. I can't believe you didn't get saved. And he had two doctorate degrees and he was going to tell me how bad I was. I am that I am. He didn't like that either. I'm sitting with blood running down my head. I am that I am. Look like a pirate. But the reality is, his blood runs in your veins. When you start saying, I am that I am, you know whose blood's running through you. 
And when you know that I am that I am, I can do anything he t- I can do anything Christ tells me to do. And the problem is we've been asking him to do what he's given us the power to do ourselves. I am that I am. Oh, Jesus, take this demonic threat away. Take this flesh issue away. No, Colossians said, you mortify the deeds of the flesh. Do it yourself, I am. If you won't, I'll bring somebody else to help you. But his sword is going to... It'd be better if you use your little dagger. I am that I am. Have you been challenged this morning? Listen to me. God is looking for a bride. I'm correcting some of my theology. I am not the bride. We're the bride. And until we come into oneness, in that covenant, you'll just be a loudmouth preacher going, I am that I am, with no power. But when we become the oneness of Jesus Christ that he prayed in 17 of John, we will see the miraculous power. And we will quit begging for miracles and we will become the miracle. Does this make sense? Stephanie, if you can come just play. I just, I'm going to do what God showed me to do in New York. If you want some of this, stand up. I'm going to lay my hands right on your belly. Ladies, put your hands in front of me. And I'm just going to say, I am that I am to your spirit, man. And there's some things, there's some things in you that, that have been alive that you've let live. And I want them to fall down as dead. And there's some things in you that have been dormant that should have lived, and I'm going to call them forth. The first I am is for things to die. The second I am is for things to live. Put your hand right in your belly. That's where he's at. That's where he sits. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I am that I am. I am that I am. I am that I am. Lay down and die. Raise up and live. I am that I am. 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 Things gotta die before things can live. I am that I am. 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 Listen, 
Let the Holy Spirit tell you what, what, what's, what, what is falling down dead and what's coming to life. I am that I am. 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 That be it. I am that I am. There it is. You need another dose. I am that I am. You do new you do more in the spirit realm in your prayer than most people do in the natural. I am that I am. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, let him show you what's dying. I am that I am. I am that I am. I am that I am. Come alive. 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 Say this. Say, Lord, I'm not asking you to do what you've given me the power and the authority to do in your name. I'm no longer waiting on you. I'm going forward to be. I am that I am. I am that I am. Yeah. 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 You meet somebody at Walmart. Who are you seeking? You need healing. You need salvation. You need oppression knocked off. Oh, I'm he. I am he. I am your answer. I am wisdom. I am miracles. I am healing. I am. I am your gateway to the Father. Why? Because His Son lives in me. Oh, that makes the really. I, I, I can see some of your pinball heads going. Who do you think you are? I know who I am finally. Yeah. I know who I am. Somebody in New York says, who does he think he is? I think he's figured it out. Listen. Years ago, God had me give my New York ministry to a spiritual son. He says, let him have, he said, do you believe in the father-son paradigm? I said, I do. Give it, give it to him and walk away. Let him do so. He did more than 18 months publicly than I did, but then he crashed. But what the Lord said to me, he said, I had you do that because your hands are too bloody in this region. That's why I've been dormant for a season. But I've been taking a bath with Jesus. My hands are not bloody anymore. Because I am has cleansed me. I'm, I'm a warrior. And I, I, I know how to do that. 
I am that I am and I'm back building again. I took Ryan Bastris in my place to preach. He did a great job. That whole region in, in just a few days, that whole region is open to him. That isn't spiritual sonship. I don't know what is. He's blown away with the invitations to come preach. Why? Because God wants regions. God wants cities. He needs people to know who they are. Say it again. I am that I am. This needs to be your daily prayer. You, you've got so much scripture in you that has been laying dormant because you've been not unwilling to say I am that I am. Who do you seek? I am he. I have cancer. I am he. I am. Bring it here. I am that I am. Father, I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing on the earth today. I thank you that you're making the bride one. I thank you you're taking us and connecting us in you, through you, <laughs> to manifest your glory. Because you gave it to us and you shared it with us. And you're, ask, you're asking us to use it for advancement of the kingdom. I am that I am an evangelist. I am that I am that I'm a miracle worker. I am that I am that I got healing in my hands. I am that I am. I have words of knowledge. Gifts of wisdom. I am that I am. Let your intercession change from belly aching and begging God to drag your sons and daughters or whoever you had an issue with to his cross so you can hear them repent so you feel right about yourself. Climb up on your own cross and declare them innocent. Declare them forgiven. And recover the sight to the blind and they can see the goodness of Jesus. You catching this? You take the legal paperwork from the enemy's hands. I'm telling you, your children, there's some grandchildren that the intercessions of the grandparents, but they change with this revelation, will absolutely see that God loves them, that they're loved by God, there's a purpose in their lives, and they're willing to hear the voice of God again. I am that I am recovers the sight to the blind, takes the captives, sets them free, brings liberty to those who are oppressed. That's the gospel. And I carry the gospel on the inside of me. You're not an Old Testament. You're New Testament. The Old Testament, the leper touched you, you got unclean. Let me tell you something. Touch me, leper. You'll get clean. 
Bring me the leper. I'm walking around going, I am that I am. And Susie goes, you got a cold kicking your butt this week. I still am who I am. I don't care what happened. I am who I am. And I could do whatever he tells me to do. Go and sin no more. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to identitychurch.net, where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages, read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.